Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 77, Counterbalance the Negative. It's November 22nd, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, clearly podcaster, and I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moskovich. Counterbalance the negative. Well, that could also be counterbalance the pain. Now, this is a very powerful technique, and I do have to do true confessions. We think that I might have made up the term, so there's that. We think I made up the term flipping the switch on your emotions, so this could be a made-up term. However, the technique itself is grounded in research and therapy-approved technique, so don't be worried about that, but I do have a tendency to like shortcuts, and it's a shortcut when I'm working with people. If I can use a phrase like flip the switch on your emotions or counterbalance the negative, and they know exactly what I mean. So I have decades and decades of experience with this, and I've used it with the people that I coach, so I know it works, and it's a very logical and rational approach when you've got negativity in your life. So what am I going to cover today? I'm going to cover exactly what I mean by the by the name, <laughs> and because uh, who knows what you'll find if you Google counterbalance the negative. I have no idea what you'll find. I'm going to give you the logic and rationale behind this technique, some benefits to it, uh, 10 examples, and a couple situations that <clears throat> tend to be in the very negative or very painful that deserve a special mention in this podcast. Then I'm going to wrap it up with some suggestions to help you get going. So, uh, with some takeaways and a call to action. So, if you're new to my content, I hope you're going to visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway where you can win a gluten-free, allergy-free cookbook or a cool apron. So, visit my website. I love giveaways. They're very fun. And so, I started one very early back in the day and it was it went on for over a year and it was so much fun I thought oh I I just think I'm going to keep doing this and so I did a second one and I really enjoyed them so anyway that's that now here's my disclaimer and this is very important I am not a medical professional or therapist in any capacity and you as a person should be getting your medical advice or your therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider or a licensed therapist. That's how that works. And so, you know, I'm not that. Now, if you happen to be suicidal or you're hopeless or life is just, you feel like it's just too hard for you and you can't do it, I'm asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 
248-273-8255. Listen, I'm asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to tell people. I don't care if you have to post it on social media, so be it. There is help available for you, and people will help you. So it might not be the people you want to help you, but hey, take the help. So there you go. All right, so I want to talk to you about <clears throat> what do I mean counterbalance the negative. Well, this is a this is a, a strategy or a technique that you're going to employ when you have negative people, negative situations, negative environments, negative whatever, or painful things in your life. Now, it does not fix or solve the problem in any way. So it's not a solution to fixing the negativity or the pain. However, it has significant benefits for you. And I do mean significant. So this is kind of a tool you want to put in your toolbox for life. Life is very hard. Life has very painful things in it. And to have life be easier, have more joy and happiness, you need all the tools you can get. And if you haven't had that much hardship or pain, well, good for you. I'm happy for you. I'm actually very happy for you. But there are those of us who've had a very difficult, hard, painful life, even though we've been happy and had great things happen. So this is a tool or strategy or technique. <clears throat> so I'm defining negative as things that are hard or difficult or unpleasant, abusive, uh, and that can be relationships, people, environments, like work environments or home environments. So negative, you know what negative means. And, and it could also be just that it's painful. <clears throat> so counterbalance means to offset or to compensate. So in this case, you know, when you have negativity in your life or something deeply painful, if you imagine a balance scale like the scales of justice where you put things on the left little scale or the right, you know, negative things take you out of the game of life. They sap you of energy, they reduce your emotional bandwidth, they cause stress, they cause all kinds of, of negative and bad impacts on you psychologically, emotionally, physically. So you want to offset the negativity. <clears throat> so that's what I mean. Um, so it, it does work. I mean, but it, it takes some, it takes some intentional actions. So like, for example, if you're a caregiver and there are lots of people in society more today now than decades ago that are caregivers, they're caregivers for their aging parents, they're caregiving for their spouse or significant other, or they have a special needs child or special needs adult. There are more caregivers today than there were 20, 30 years ago. So that's a very limiting situation. I will say I've done this technique while I was in the midst of three concurrent traumas. So you can have extremely difficult circumstances, extremely limiting, extremely painful, and still use this technique. All right, so what are the benefits? Well, it's going to help you clear your mind <clears throat> and focus, give you kind of a little break from the negativity or pain. That's going to give you an emotional boost. So you get a little break by counterbalancing the negative, and that helps give you a boost. It can also help you grow as a person. That's a possibility. It will definitely help lower stress, or it can lower stress, and in doing so helps boost your immune system. It can give you a little relief, even though it's temporary. 
and it can provide some happiness depending on what you're doing. Hopefully, if you're going to counterbalance the negative, you're going to do something that you like and that you enjoy. And it can also help foster hope for a better day or better days ahead. It definitely can help soothe your soul and your heart. And, and it reinforces <clears throat> that you do want to have happiness. It's a contrast to the negative. So there's 10 basic benefits. I mean, I could go on and on, but you get the gist. There's benefits to this. So let's say you have some really negative things going on. That could be people. It could be an abusive relationship. It could be a toxic work environment. It could be anything. So what are you going to do about that? Well, I don't know what you're going to do about that, but I'm going to give you 10 examples of things I have done in the midst of counterbalancing the negative. So one thing I've done throughout all of my life is to be actively participating in extracurricular clubs, groups, and organizations. That's, for me, for the type of person I am, wildly enjoyable, very fun, just makes me happy. So for me, that offsets negativity. Now, you, you, you're different than I am, and you have a different personality, so it might not be something that <clears throat> would counterbalance the negative for you. You're going to come up with your own list of ways to do this. So in 2003, I actually joined Toastmasters International as a very strategic way to counterbalance the negative. And God bless my mom, God rest her soul now, that she suggested it because she knew I had been uh, doing public speaking since college or before, and she knew I loved it, and she knew I was in the middle of some very traumatic things that I could not control. I was doing the best I could to resolve them, but they weren't all within, within my purview to, to fix and change. And for me, because I love public speaking, that was like a natural. And it was twice a month I got out of the house, got to forget about the, the three things that were going on, and just really enjoy myself. Now, in 2005 and six, I, I happened to... Because I had some traumas that just drug on and on and on, people, despite what I was doing to resolve them. Sometimes when other people are in the mix, they will make it very difficult. <clears throat> anyway, in 2005 and six, I started organizing two separate and two different reunions of people that I knew from college, different, different groups of people. And that was wildly fun because, number one, while I was planning them, uh, it gave me hope and so it definitely gave me something to look forward to and I reconnected with these great ladies and it was just like an amazing, an amazing, amazing, amazing way for me, given my temperament and my personality, to counterbalance the negative. Now, you might be listening to this thinking, oh, that sounds like a whole lot of work. There would be no fun in that. But for me, it was amazing. I mean, the reunions were amazing and fantastic, but just even the process of setting it up gave me hope, gave me something to look forward to, took my mind off of it. All the things I'm talking about when you counterbalance the negative. Now, I've also, over the years, taken a lot of different classes, some personal growth classes, some hobby classes like cake decorating or stamping or whatnot. So... That was something for me that helped counterbalance the negative. And of course, I have a bunch of hobbies, so that's a counterbalancing measure. Uh, I also made the effort 
to make new friends and social connections because I move several times and anytime you move you're gonna have to find new peeps because your friends are now gonna be long-distance friends I also used fitness and exercise as a as a way to counterbalance the negative I also happened to get a dog um, more than once twice to counterbalance the negative which was phenomenal um, I did an intentionally engage in massive personal growth and development as an option to counterbalance the negative because I, I enjoy it. I've been doing it since I was before college. And I also taught arts and crafts to young people, not my own children. I mean, my own children, yes. But in addition to my own children in a group setting, because that was enjoyable to me and something that inspired me and made me happy. So that's 10 examples. Now I also happen to have a reward system and you can use a reward system to help counterbalance negativity. Hopefully you're going to use a reward system to reward yourself, to provide motivation, to provide inspiration, and to kind of commemorize the fact that you're making progress. So there's some examples. So for you, you have to figure out what would, what are the actions, what are the things you can do to counterbalance the negative, negativity or pain. So when you find yourself in a situation where pain is present or you know it's negative, it's difficult, it's hard, you can in that moment decide to take advantage of what's called post-traumatic growth. Now before I knew the term post-traumatic growth, which was over a year ago, I used to say you want to use pain, you want to use difficulties, and you want to use problems to your advantage. You want to use pain to your advantage. You want to use problems to your advantage because what else would you want to do with it? Well now we know the term post-traumatic growth, which means you're going to make a decision and what you're deciding is that you're going to become a better version of yourself and have life be richer and more rewarding, which is a choice. It's a choice some people make when they're uh, suffering a loss, when they're in bereavement or grieving, when they're facing a life challenge or multiple life challenges or dealing with a lot of painful stuff. So you could if you're dealing with negativity or pain, make a choice. Like right now in this moment, aha, yes, I have this toxic work situation, or oh, I have this really dysfunctional family, or I have this, this abusive friend, or that abusive person, or whatnot, whatever it is. Oh, I think, I think I'm going to use post-traumatic growth. I think I'm going to use this BS nastiness for my own good. I'm going to use it to be a better person and become a better person and learn new things. I mean, that's just a choice. It's an option. So I'm a fan of, of using things to my advantage because why not? I mean, if, if it's painful and it's negative and you could get some benefits out of that, to me, that's like a win-win because otherwise you just have the negative, negative, negative stuff and the pain and there's no, there's no joy in that. So it's a choice to choose to become a better version of yourself and it's a choice 
to have life be richer and more rewarding as a result of loss or pain or negativity or what have you. So it's a choice. So you could choose that right now. So I want to get into the um, two other pieces. Well, so for yourself, you're going to have to decide what makes you happy. What brings you joy? What brings you peace of mind? What do you like to do? I mean, in the worst, when I had three concurrent traumas, like it was so bad. It's, a, it's amazing I didn't lose my mind. Well, we know I didn't lose my mind because of what I covered in the What is Therapy Anyway podcast where I talk about all the things I learned about why I got kicked out of therapy for being too healthy. So we know why I didn't lose my mind. But this was a strategy I employed counterbalancing the negative, And it was so negative. There were so many hardships. I sat down and said, okay, I'm going to make a list of everything that makes me happy. Now, I had severe limitations, which I won't get into. So I had to, to figure out how was I going to do this with my limitations, with my circumstances. So I made a list of all the things that made me happy. And I was kind of like, hmm, well... Of those things, what can I do? What can I do? Well, I could plan reunions for out in the future. I could teach kids arts and crafts. I could start a hobby or I could engage in like, like I had to come really revisit my list of what makes me happy. I have a list and I know it. I pretty much have know it. But in the midst of three concurrent traumas, I had to say, okay, we're going to hit the pause button. What are those things that I love? Okay, of those things, what can I do? How can I do it? Because I had very difficult circumstances that were limiting. So you're going to have to, like, pause and think, hmm, what do I like to do? What makes me happy? Now, if you've been sad or in hardship or in a lot of negativity for an extended period, you're not going to know. It's likely. You're not going to know what makes you happy. And that's normal. I'm telling you, that is very normal, people. Sadly, but true. So you'll have to go on a little journey of exploration to explore, hmm, would I like doing that? Or, hmm, would I like doing that? Or, hmm, I'd love to do that, but I don't have the money, or I can't do that with my circumstances. Like, you'll have to, you know, brainstorm and figure out what makes you happy understanding it's not what people know people don't walk around in life with a happiness list they typically don't and so for as long as I've been coaching people when I say to them all right we're going to start making a list of things that make you happy people are kind of like well I have no idea that's normal okay but you're going to figure it out because you want to use those things to offset negativity, pain, hardship, and difficulties. So before I get in, there's a couple of special circumstances I'm going to mention, but I'm going to just briefly mention intentionality. So intentionality is very significant in life. Like right now, what, I'm, what I'd love for you to do is for you to go, oh yeah, I like this idea. I like the sounds of it, I don't, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. So commit, commit right now, commit. I am going to counterbalance all this BS in my life. Things I can't control. Of course, if there's things you can control, go take care of them. I have a whole podcast about dealing with problems and issues because we're not very good at that in society. I mean, I'm good at that. But, you know, 
you've got to commit. So let's say, yeah, I'm committed. I want to counterbalance the negativity. So what you're going to do then after you commit is you're going to bring intentionality. Intentionality is very powerful, and that's where you set your intentions. So it's like setting a goal. It is setting a goal. So you're going to set your goals and your intentions. Because even when you don't know how, you're going to accomplish something. Once you commit, well, I mean, like not namby-pamby, half-in, half-heartedly commit. Like commit. Commit and be all in. Yes. I want to counterbalance the negativity and drama or this or whatever in my life. Yes, I'm going to do that. And be clear. And then you bring intentionality to it. Now, you say you don't know how you're going to do it. Like, I, I've been there because when in the midst of three major traumas, I had severe limitations about where I could go or when I could go or what I could do. Like, very severe limitations. So I wasn't sure. But what I knew is that once I was committed, which I was, and intentional, like the universe will rise up to meet you. It's, it's a very fast, it's a very fascinating. The universe will really uh, rise up to meet you. So you don't know, you don't have to know how you're going to accomplish it accomplish it. That's mostly what people like to do. They like to set a goal and go, well, here's how I'm going to do it. You can set a goal and not know all the steps that are involved or how it's going to come together or what you have to do. You can set an intention without having the knowledge, the expertise, the experience or whatever to do it. I mean, when I set an intention <clears throat> to podcast, I had no idea what I, what I would need to do it. <clears throat> So, but the universe will really, like, really line up to support you. So, before I give you some general suggestions, I mean, you've got the idea down. It's pretty simple. You're going to counterbalance the negative by taking intentional actions to bring things into your life, to go do things, to be with people who love you, who care about you, who make you laugh, who make you smile, who make you feel good, or do what have you, to offset negativity, pain, what have you. So, special situations. So there's a couple things I feel compelled to mention before I give you just a couple little other suggestions. So, and I, I mention these because I've been in life long enough and a life coach long enough to know that they apply to some of you. The first one is, is if the negativity is coming from one of your kids. So there are parents who will be listening to this and God bless you. I don't want this to come across as critical or me being hard on you. I understand how hard it is to be a human being for starters. I understand how how utterly hard it is to be a parent. But if you feel negatively towards your child, that could be a young child, middle-aged, adolescent, teenage, or adult child. This is your child regardless of their age. If you have negative feelings towards your child, that could be anger, it could be resentment, it could be you don't respect them, it could be that you think very little of them, anything like that. We need to interrupt that. I'm requesting that you interrupt that and get that handled because that's really a problem. 
we don't talk about this, but I'm going to tell you based on my experience and all the people I've worked with over the years, this is a more common problem than we would ever admit in society because that's this is not the problem people would typically admit to unless they were deep involved in an intimate coaching life coaching relationship or maybe some relationship with a therapist but it's 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 something that has to get handled because it's not good for you as a parent and trust me this is like one of the most wounding, damaging things you can do to your child. Because whether your child is young, middle-aged, adolescent, teenage, or adult, or college, or, or old adult, they're going to know how you feel about them. They're going to know you don't like them, or you resent them, or you are angry with them, or you blame them, or you think very little of them. They're going to know that. So this is my request, is that you powerfully get that turned around and get supported on that because it's a problem and and trust me your job as a parent is to love guide nurture and support your children as long as you're alive that's my opinion about it i mean that's my opinion so i'm at, i'm requesting you urgently get in underneath this i don't care if you have to go see a therapist i don't care if you have to talk to your best friend. I, I don't care what you have to do. I'm requesting urgency in you getting that handled. Because quite frankly, this is like an underpinning for suicide that we don't talk about in the world and in society. Is that some child felt unloved by their parent and unloved by their family. Like, just get it handled. All right. Now, Another special environment is if the negativity in your life or the pain is coming from your family, your family of origin, your current family, your spouse, your partner, that's a big problem. And it could be that, you know, it's a highly abusive relationship, which quite frankly is extremely common. You know, this is common having issues about how you feel about your child. That's common. These are common issues and problems that we're not talking about in society or we're not talking about them very much. So if you're in a situation where it's your family, whether I mean whether it's your family you were born into or the family you've made as a as a an adult or it's your spouse, your intimate partner or or the part your significant other, this is is really it's a problem. And you could be the scapegoat, like you could be the scapegoat, but this is something that's a problem. Now, oftentimes, if this is the case where the negativity and pain is coming from your family of origin, the family you made, or your spouse or significant other, there is oftentimes more than not, you know, abuse. And you know that it's not good. And some people are not willing to leave a family, a relationship, a marriage, or whatnot, even though it's abusive. I'm not here to sit in judgment about how you live your life. It's your life, and you're completely welcome to live it however you want to live it. But it's painful to be abused by your family, by, by, by anyone. You know, it's painful. So this is a technique, counterbalancing the negative, that can help you. But it's important for you to understand, yes, of course you're you're struggling if you're in one of those abusive situations. And quite frankly, dysfunctional family patterns, I hate to break it to you, they never go away. 
They do not end even if the parents pass away. The patterns persist. So if you're in a domestic abuse situation where uh, you're being abused by your spouse or partner or significant other, you know, eventually it would be great if you could escape. And I have a, a podcast or two that will help you with that. One is about domestic abuse and violence and one is about dangerous people because people who are abusive can be dangerous. Now, not all abusive people are dangerous, but they kind of are a little bit unwell. That's not something that healthy people do. Healthy people don't abuse other people. And sometimes, you know, anyway, that's this is not that podcast, but this is a technique that will help you. And if you're in that situation, you know, hopefully you're going to be safe and you're going to make a plan for your future. And even if you're unwilling to do that, and I understand there are people who are going to, you know, stay together forever, regardless of the abuse. I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of that, but that's not my, it's not my choice. It's your choice. Now, the last piece before I get into some general suggestions is if the negativity is coming from work, neighbors, or others, because it, it can come from work. <laughs> it can easily come from work co-workers, your boss, your boss's boss, neighbors, you know, and other people. So if it's at work, you know, you might need to talk to your boss or HR or do something. You might. I mean, there might be some action to take. And in some instances, uh, at least I know from working with uh, somebody, you know, they, they had a very, the negativity in their life was all coming from work. And they just couldn't stand their job like they just hated it and yet they were unwilling to entertain other career options that would use the same or similar skill set so if someone's unwilling to leave their profession which is not unreasonable I have I have no skin in the game about what you do with your life like that's your life you do whatever makes you happy but this person couldn't or wouldn't uh, consider leaving work, which was their, really their negativity. So we were counterbalancing negativity. And I finally said, look, we really need to deal with this work issue. Like, you know, you're not willing to change jobs. You're not willing to, to try this or that. How about we reframe your career? Like, let's, let's see if we can reframe it to give you some relief from the negativity. So we, we went down that path and that actually worked and they're still in the same career oh, I don't know, 15 plus years later, however long ago it was, and happy. So sometimes you can reframe things, and sometimes things at work are just problems that are going to blow up. But, you know, it's it's important for you to understand that, um, you know, there's there's there are limits. So you might need to change something at work, you might need to reframe it, or if you're unwilling to reframe it and unwilling to leave a bad work situation, then you want to start counterbalancing that impact a lot, like bring a lot of counterbalancing. All right, so, oh, and so the other thing about this is, for, for not with the kids, but with family or with coworkers or neighbors or other people, you know, Sometimes you have to set limits to how much time you spend with certain people because there are some people 
for so negative and the impact on you is so negative and so draining, you feel like you need a, an eight hour nap or a blood transfusion or, you know, you need something after you spend 30 minutes with them or an hour with them. So for those kinds of people, it's sometimes helpful to, to notice, yeah, you know, I just feel terrible after I see so-and-so or whatever, and start to set up your life where you're limiting the contact. Oh, I'd love to talk to you, but here's what's going on. So I'm going to have to talk to you later, or I can talk to you for 10 minutes now, or I can talk, to, you know, I can meet you for coffee for an hour next week, whatever is to start to hunker down and bring some limits and start limiting the time you spend with certain people. And for some people in the previous, you know, if it's your family of origin, you know, you might have to cut some people off or limit it. I mean, you might. So those are things to consider. So you have the idea now of counterbalancing the negative. You know, so many things in life are painful, difficult, hard. So it's a great way to help you when you're in the midst of that. So the first, so now I've just got 10 little suggestions to help you with this whole idea of counterbalancing the negative. So the first one is to use the technique, flip the switch on your emotions when you catch yourself feeling sad, mad, upset, which could be all the time, so you might be doing this multiple times a day. Now flipping the switch on your emotions is when you go take an intentional action designed to make you feel better. So I know if I go for a walk for 10 minutes, my mood is instantly improved. Or if I listen to music, or if I, you know, go pray, or if I call a friend, like you're gonna figure out what are the th top 10 things or top whatever things I can do that boost my mind, boost my mood? This gives your brain a little break and a little distraction. But you want to start flipping the switch on your emotion every time you feel yourself tanking, being unhappy. Now I have a Newsweek article on my Newsweek.com expert forum profile page. So you can find all the articles I've written that have appeared on newsweek.com and my quotes, but this is something that I've talked about in my motivation podcast and I have a YouTube video on it, video about flipping the switch on your emotions. This will help you rewire your brain. It will help give your brain a break and it will help you counterbalance the negative. Next, my second suggestion for you is that you immediately boost and bump up your self-care. If you look around in the world, just look around. You can see people, they're not taking care of themselves. So taking care of yourself will help you feel better. It will help you look better. It can even help you look younger if you're interested in that. Um, I don't particularly care how young I look. I just want to be happy and healthy. Um, so self-care has to be front and center when you are counterbalancing the negative. And quite frankly, in my opinion, self-care should be front and center every single day of your life. But that's my opinion. Now, I do have a podcast on self-care and self-compassion. So that will help you because there's a lot involved. This is not just like get enough sleep and eat better. No, self-care is a lot more involved in that. 
Now, the next thing I recommend, and I mentioned this earlier, which is to have rewards. Oh my gosh, rewards are so fun. So fun. They are really a lot of fun and they help you see your progress. Like hopefully you're going to set up some goals, which is uh, my 10th my suggestion. So I'm taking these out of order, but you're going to set some goals. So I'll just cover that now. And you're going to start taking actions on those goals. Well, life is hard. Why would you not want to get a reward for setting a goal and then making progress? I don't know. Why would you not want a reward? I'm not talking about being having rewards that are lavish or outside your budget. No, you always want to be have integrity in your life. And, and integrity in your life means having integrity in your finances. But set up a reward system. And next section, next suggestion is build a team or at least get a buddy. Yeah, you want to have a partner in crime. Why? Life is so much more fun when you do it in a group or when you have a partner or a buddy or a friend. You know that. This is not new news to you. But the new idea might be that you could actually go on a self-improvement, a personal growth journey, and take people with you. Well, who doesn't need it? Well, 85% of the population has low self-esteem, so 85% of the population, by the way, could be on your journey with you, because that's a painful thing. That's actually the subject of uh, an upcoming Newsweek article. And I have a podcast about low self-esteem, but you know, take people with you. You'll have more fun and it increases your chances of being successful by over 65%. Depending on how you do it, it could be up to 85%. So the next suggestion, number five, is to make it fun and playful. Listen, people are too serious and they have so many issues that they have forgotten how to play and have fun. I understand that's what's going on. Listen, I'm the one who still plays and has fun. So, of course, I know I come across as abnormal because I'm still going to play and have fun no matter what happens. I do have a podcast about having fun and being playful. And you'll see, yeah, I do that at work. I do that everywhere because that's part of who I am. I made that decision, by the way, in high school uh, that I was never going to be one of these serious, stuck-in-the-mud adults. But, um... Be playful and have fun. Like, you know, you're going to build a team and get a buddy or get a couple people. And it, you could have them be strangers from your gaming world. You could have them be, you know, somebody from social media that you've never met. I mean, you want to be safe if you're, you're doing things. But, you know, and you can create parties and events with your gamer friends that, you know, they're at their place, you're at their place. Okay, we're having our self-awareness night or whatever. And just, like, make it make it crazy and make it fun. All right, next suggestion is to tame your inner critic. Listen, we know that 85% of the population has low self-esteem. That's one problem. Your inner critic is separate, although it's probably really bad if you have low self-esteem. They are two separate things. So taming your inner critic, which you can, everybody has an inner critic. I hate to break it to you. And the inner critic, as the name implies, says nasty, unkind, mean, awful things, and things that aren't true to you in your in your mind, in your thoughts. So tame your inner critic, and that'll be a golden journey, golden journey. Next, I suggest you grow your emotions to be a superpower. Listen, I am a huge diehard fan of emotional intelligence. Why? Because your emotions are literally a superpower. 
but only if you know how to use them. And spoiler alert, we're not teaching people how to have emotional intelligence. We're not, we, we have a very tiny voca emotional vocabulary world, word, word, uh, we have a very small emotional vocabulary as a society. I mean, it's actually kind of pathetic. We use the same 10 words. I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm at, you know, like, no, we just really aren't cutting it. So grow, get on the emotional intelligence journey. That'll be worthwhile. All right. So I already mentioned if you have problems, deal with your problems. That podcast I did on dealing with issues and problems will be really helpful because there's probably some things that might be stopping you from dealing with them that you're unaware of. So deal with your issues or problems. I'm a huge diehard fan of that. Like I have a problem, man, I'm just going to be all over it and deal with it. Of course, sometimes if the problem involves other people, it's a little more complex, but deal with your problems. And my last suggestion here on counterbalancing the negative is that you as a human being are worthy of being well-loved. You really are lovable and you're worthy of great love and being well-loved. So set that as your number one goal. Sadly, I did this YouTube video called Be Well-Loved and afterward, without exception, almost every single stranger I met that I talked to about or, or people people, even people I knew, people said, oh yeah, I haven't been well-loved in life. I haven't been well-loved in life. Oh wow, I haven't been well-loved in life. So I think this is an underpinning in society, clearly in my opinion about the suicide rate, but under underlying depression and all kinds of issues that we have that are increasing. So you're worthy of love. You really are. Although if you have low self-esteem, you probably don't feel worthy of love. So be well loved because you're lovable. All right. So there's 10 suggestions. You have the idea. It's very simple. You're going to take strategic actions that are within your means, your circumstances, your budget, etc. Things that make you happy to offset it. Now, when you have a lot of negativity, like when I had the three concurrent traumas, yes, three, it was a horrible, horrible thing. Oh, I was doing a lot to counterbalance the negativity. I was exercising, taking care of myself, was on the phone with friends. I already told you I set up reunions. I mean, like I was crazy to counterbalance the negative negativity because quite frankly, somebody just wanted to crush my soul and my soul is not crushable. All right, here's your takeaways. It's time to recognize that you can offset and counterbalance Problems, negativity, people, situations, whether it's work or at home. You can counterbalance that. You can offset it. Number two, the takeaway number two is it's time to bring, to take intentional actions to bring love, happiness, and the good stuff to your life because it's possible. Even when things are very negative and even when there are big problems. And lastly, the last takeaway is it's time to build a team and have this like crazy, wild, fun team to go on the journey with you. Because like, why not? Like, I don't know. Why not? All right. So I hope you're going to consider building a team 
And while you're at it, share this podcast because this can help other people. I mean, you know, we have this common condition in society. Let's let's start helping people. All right, that's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 77, Counterbalance the Negative. I hope you're going to start using this technique to improve your life because it can help you. And I hope if you enjoy this podcast, you're going to subscribe so you get the new ones automatically because clearly you don't want to miss them. Visit my website, please, if you would, and enter my current giveaway. Hang in there for now. I love you. You got this. Take care.